In this episode of Paid by the Word, Mike interviews sports journalist Adam Hirschfield. Here's a snippet from their conversation. I worked for the NBA and the WNBA for about three years. And a number of my favorite interviews took place with WNBA players uh, who were just more open than you've ever heard any athlete be with a a quote-unquote journalist. Um, it was part of the reason that I I loved that job so much. It was just a, a wonderful a wonderful environment. It was really cool to be involved with literally the best women's basketball league in the world. To be talking to the best women's players in the world and to have them be open and friendly and not hiding anything and talking about everything from uh you know what their favorite fast food place is to you know their thoughts on their grandmother dying or something along those lines very cool very open and very willing to speak about kind of anything um it was it was a, a really terrific terrific role that i had and it was a a, a neat opportunity Well, hello there, and welcome to Paid by the Word, a podcast featuring conversations with professional writers and editors. If you are curious about what goes on in the minds of people who write and edit for a living, this podcast is for you. Thank you, Zoe. Adam Hirschfield is a senior NFL editor at The Athletic, a subscription-based publisher specializing in high-quality, in-depth sports coverage for die-hard fans. The Athletic has carved a niche for itself by offering original, authentic stories written by talented local and national sports journalists. Over the course of his career, Adam has covered a wide range of sports, everything from high school football to the Olympics. Before joining The Athletic, Adam worked at USA Today, the NBA, Bleacher Report, and the Palm Beach Post. I caught up with Adam in February, a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl, and we had a great conversation about the joys and the challenges of sports journalism. Hey, Adam, talk to us a bit about The Athletic and tell us about your role there as an editor. The Athletic is a subscription sports website that covers not only uh, all the major sports in the United States, uh, but we are very involved in uh, hockey up in Canada, obviously. Uh, we have a bunch of terrific writers in England and uh, around Europe covering uh, largely European soccer. Um, but we have writers in all of the big markets covering all of the big teams. And we provide really terrific uh, analysis and storytelling uh, surrounding all the big teams that people really care about. And uh, it's very different from your traditional sort of sports website or newspaper or even ESPN in that we, uh, we do a little bit of the day-to-day -day kind of content, but we do really try and focus on and pride ourselves on uh, deeper storytelling, kind of long-form writing, and uh, really just finding and telling great stories. And that's kind of what it's all about. Um, and that's something that I personally really love about this job. And you've held a couple of roles there so far. Um, I 
have been, oh gosh, I was a deputy editor at the start. I was a managing editor for a small group at The Athletic. And just literally a couple of weeks ago, I was made a senior editor for the NFL team. Um, so I'm now one of a couple editors overseeing our NFL writers. And uh, it's it's a great gig, I got to tell you. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We deal with some terrific writers uh, who have very you know, uh, very high standards, uh, really terrific, uh, reporters and writers for the most part. Um, and it's, it's really a lot of fun. Um, you know, I get to deal with sports all the time. And, uh, even now when you'd think football is kind of, uh, dormant, uh, and I guess it is compared to the NBA and NHL and, baseball which is getting underway with spring training there's still a ton of nfl to talk about with free agency coming up in a couple weeks uh the draft coming up and at the end of april uh and that's really been our focus uh of late but yeah it's it's a lot of fun and it's a it's a great great place to work adam what is it about sports that brings out the best in writers uh i i've noticed that some of my favorite writers are sports writers Mm. and, and why is that That's a great question. I I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that sports in lots of ways uh, mirror daily life. um, And it's kind of a fun, safe way to get through daily life, I think. And it's something that people can be very passionate about, uh, can almost lose themselves in to a degree. And the writing about it, I think, can often take on this almost childlike storytelling quality. Um, you know, particularly if you look at some of the old time great sports writers, they really had this quality about them that made the games seem like play, like it was this. Uh, almost, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say like dreamlike uh, feeling to them. Like it just, it just took on greater meaning than it really does. And even I, you know, I talk to students or whatever the case and people who are interested in the industry. And I realize what I do is not saving the world. I'm not curing cancer. I'm not, you know, doing something along those lines. It's not really important in the grand scheme of things. But I think so many people are able to lose themselves in it and are so involved with it and so and care about it in such a such a profound, passionate way that it is it's really it's a significant part of their lives. And uh, I I think that's what makes it such makes sports such an interesting phenomenon. you know, it's one of those it's one of those things that some people say they're passionate about and others, you know, don't really care about at all. And it's kind of fine both ways. But I think the people who are really into it are able to lose themselves a little bit and get out of the sort of daily grind of going to work and whatever else, you know, whatever else, what other kinds of drudgery might be in their lives um, and just love something and appreciate it and just have it there and uh, to kind of take themselves out of the day to day. And I find that to be really fascinating. And it, it still serves that purpose to an extent with me. And I really appreciate that. Wow, that's fabulous. Uh, so as a professional observer of sports now, which aspects uh, have surprised you the most and uh, which, which stories surprised you and which uh, which blindsided you? Um. That's a great question. And one that I think about a lot. Uh, It's, 
I'm not typically blindsided by crazy things that happen on the field or on the court anymore. You know, those kinds of things do happen. And I remember watching some of them vividly. Um, and I remember being moved by them in a, in a pretty profound way, but, you know, being a fan for as long as I have, and lots of sports fans have, you kind of come to realize that that kind of thing can just happen. And it's amazing when it does in favor of your team and it's awful when it (laughs) goes against your team. Um, But I I think that kind of thing, that doesn't phase me a whole lot. What really phases me is that despite the fact that I've talked to and interviewed a number of athletes and coaches and announcers and other uh, you know, sort of sports luminaries in my time. I look up to them so much that it's more the stories of them acting like real people that are surprising to me. Like one in recent memory is just, uh, and I know this, the the anniversary of this was just a couple of weeks ago, but like Kobe Bryant's death, for example, um, I was never a huge Kobe guy. Like I, you know, I appreciated the fact that he was great on the court. Um, you know, I know the, that people all around the world saw him as this basketball icon and there's no arguing that he was. Um, but I just remember, I think I was in the car with my wife and son a year ago and I was just checking my phone and I saw, you know, Kobe Bryant, uh, plane crashes in Southern California, you know, feared dead or something along those lines in the headlines. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like those are the kinds of stories that surprise me. It's like that. It's like, you know, Tiger Woods and his the whole thing with his affair. Oh, gosh, 10, 12 years, 10, 11 years ago now, I think that was. Um, I even though, like I said, I've talked to so many of these athletes and written about them a number of times and edited countless stories about them. I still see so many of them as these uh, like, you know, larger than life characters. Um, and part of that is that I always wanted to be an athlete growing up and, you know, I'm, I'm 44 and there's still part of me that has hope that the, the Tigers are going to call with a, a contract <laughs> to be a left-handed relief pitcher. Um, I, I look up to all of these athletes in such a profound way that when it's made clear that they're just really people. And I, of course I know in my mind that they really are, but there's still a part of me that sees them as like these, these larger than life characters that are kind of above all of the, the garbage that we have to live with on a daily basis. And Mm -hmm. so it's really the, the sort of personifying of these incredible athletes that is still surprising to me in a way. And I, and I think, I think that's, it's a strange phenomenon because there are plenty of athletes that I know, I mean, not, not well, I'm not going to, you know, start naming names or anything, but, you know, I've talked to enough to know that they really are just real people. They're not like, they're not superhuman. They're really just normal people who live lives, you know, and they make a lot of money and they do things that a lot of us wish we could do for a living, but they're really just real people. And that's something that I think a lot of people forget. Um, and, I think that's the case on the internet too. You know, everyone is happy to tweet or write comments that such and such player stinks or they got to get team has to get rid of him or whatever the case might be. Um, Sometimes those people read that and it's not nice to read. Like they're saddened or offended by that. Um, And I'm going off on a huge tangent here, but it's those kinds of stories that, you know, where they become real people that are often surprising to me. Um, And it's like, 
Kobe is just sort of the most recent example. Um, and, it, and it's obviously a sad one, uh, but there are other times, you know, they're much happier stories. Tell me uh, or give us an idea of some of your favorite interviews. Who have uh, who've been the people who really uh, oh, you, know, you said, wow, I'm so happy that I uh, that I interviewed. Hmm. Um, I worked for the NBA and the WNBA for about three years. And a number of my favorite interviews took place with WNBA players uh, who were just more open than you've ever heard any athlete be with a, a quote-unquote journalist. Um, it was part of the reason that I, I loved that job so much. It was just a, a, wonderful, a wonderful environment. It was really cool to be involved with literally the best women's basketball league in the world, to be talking to the best women's players in the world, and to have them be open and friendly and not hiding anything and talking about everything from, uh, you know, what their favorite fast food place is to, you know, their thoughts on their grandmother dying or something along those lines. Um, I, I remember one specifically with it was with Tamika Johnson, who played, uh, she played at LSU and played in the WNBA for a handful of years. Um, she was a really good player and she was just this really sweet, soft-spoken woman from, uh, I think she was from Louisiana. Uh, and we just got to talking about all sorts of random things. And she was telling me about how her, you know, the feelings and relationship between her and her grandmother when her grandmother was really old and was getting ready to, to pass away. And, um, I have never had an interview like that <laughs> with anyone else. Um, but, and I, I just mean the environment there was symptomatic of, uh, or that interview I should say was symptomatic of the kind of close relationship I had with a number of players who were just very cool, very open and very willing to speak about kind of anything. Um, it, it was, it was a, a really terrific role that I had and it was a, a, a neat opportunity. Wow. Adam, it sounds like, you really love covering sports, and and I know that you've you've touched kind of on uh, on this uh, the idea that sports has a deeper meaning for for many of us. Uh, what what is it in particular that uh, that you love about about sports? Where, for instance, if you had been a, a politics reporter or a science reporter, uh, you might not be as happy. Um, what is it that you love about sports? Um. I have been a sports fan since as since I was as young as I can remember. Um, and a lot of it has to do certainly with my parents and my father in particular, uh, getting me into sports. Uh, both of my parents attended the university of Michigan. And so I've been a Michigan fan since before I could do anything. I was wearing Michigan gear as an infant. Um, so it's little things like that. And, you know, just getting a ball and a basket and a hoop when I was little, um, I I've always loved sports and I've always been really into them. Uh, you know, I, I played baseball and soccer and bas basketball and, uh, you know, I've dabbled in others far less successfully, but, uh, you know, I just love being involved in that sort of environment and, now that I've realized you can really make a career of it, uh, it's it's just a fun way to go to work every day, you know, rather than reading about things that I'm less interested in. This morning, I had to get up and read about uh, which 
free agents the Philadelphia Eagles are trying to sign, you know, this offseason. It's uh it's pretty great for someone like me to call that going to work. You know, a lot of people <laughs> would do that kind of thing for free. And it's uh it it's really just one of my passions and it has been for the longest time. Um and in that regard, that's that's why this is a great, great deal for me. Um I've tried writing about politics i i and i you know i'm very interested in politics uh, and i can write a little bit about them but just not with as much expertise as i can sports you know having been around it and having watched it and uh you know having loved it for as long as i can remember when did you realize that you were going to be uh you know writing about sports rather than uh, you know collecting the big bucks as a super sports superstar yes great question i Probably around age 12 or 13. Uh, to that point, I was one of the, the bigger kids in my in my grade. And as a result, was really just kicking butt and taking names on the baseball field. Um, but at that point, I stopped growing and everyone else started growing around me. <laughs> so I uh, ended up being one of one of the shorter kids in my in my class. Uh, and I sort of realized, hey, you know what? If I'm, you know, this this short compared to everyone in my class, imagine what those physical limitations are going to be like when you compare them to the rest of the world. Um, at that point, I kind of realized, hey, this probably isn't going to work out the way I envisioned a year or two ago. Um, it took a little while to figure out that journalism was the way to sort of tap back into that. But during college, I started uh, writing for the paper, the school paper, and I was also a uh, DJ for the for the college radio station and a local commercial radio station. Oh, so I wow. Figured, I figured like, hey, maybe communications and journalism is a little more up my alley. And then after school, I guess it was the summer before my last semester of college, I got an internship at Sport Magazine, which is no longer in existence, but was a great sort of competitor to Sports Illustrated for many Mm -hmm. years. Um, And I guess guess it ended kind of in the mid to late 90s, like 96, 97, 98, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was just before it ended. And I worked there and was like, wow, hey, this is pretty neat. We're dealing with national journalism and I can play a part in this. You know, I was doing a lot of, I was like a researcher slash intern slash writer slash copy editor, doing a little bit of everything. And it was at that point that I realized, hey, I could actually do this if I really wanted to. And it's a good way to stay involved with something I'm passionate about. Um, And, you know, I'm never going to make crazy money unless I turn into, you know, the Rick Riley type columnist, but um, I'm okay with that as long as I'm doing something I, I like to do every day. And from there on, I kind of pursued that that profession, and it, it ended up working out pretty well, I have to say. Uh, that's great. Uh, Adam, what advice do you have for young writers and journalists? Great question also. Um, because you're not going to make much money, you really have to love it. If you're not going to love it, it's not going to be worth it for other reasons. <laughs> um, it's hard. Be, uh, you know, the money aside, the hours are crazy. The demands are often crazy. 
Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, the industry is in a really, really difficult place right now. Um, the athletic is fairly unique in that we're solely online and we're a subscription-based uh, subscription-based site and business. But newspapers are crumbling around the world, not just around the country, around the world. And sports departments are often feeling the brunt of that. Um, and it's, it's awful. And I've been a part of it. Uh, but it's an incredibly difficult time for the journalism industry, much less sports journalism. And uh, so along those lines, you really have to be passionate about it if, if it's something you're going to do. And um, aside from that, though, I would say read as much as you possibly can. Um, read and write as much as you can. I, I'm, I know I'm really late to this, but right beside me, I have this uh, book that I was just kind of alerted to. It's Stephen King's book on writing. Uh, oh, I don't great know book. It. Yeah, it, sure. It's, it's absolutely book, yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Stephen King fan to begin with, but this is just it's it's incredible he talks about kind of what motivated him and you know his tips for succeeding in this industry and you know the reading and writing thing is something that i actually would have said before reading this but seeing that he said the exact same thing i was like all right hey i'm not too far off after all uh but i think to be a good journalist you really have to see what other good journalists are doing um You know, you have to read the people who you respect, the people who you think are doing a good job in your space. And, you know, I'm not saying to copy them, but at least knowing kind of how they do their business, how they write, how they uh, how they handle each different kind of story that's sent their way. That is immensely helpful in just sort of building up that journalistic resume and uh, it, it will help you further your career just by knowing what other people are doing. Um, And so in that regard, I think get out there and read as much as you possibly can. Like I said, not for the sake of copying it or copying someone else's style or anything along those lines, but really just to know how stories are put together, to know how to make people care about characters and stories um, and ways to keep readers interested. If you can't do that, you're not going to last very long in this industry. Um, And it's not one of those things where I came to this industry and was like, Hey, I'm, you know what, I'm really good at this. I'm going to do it. You know, end of story. It's a constant progression. You know, you're never really a hundred percent. You're never done learning, you know, just like life. It's something where every day you learn something new and every day you get a little bit better at whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, and I think that that's definitely the case in, in this, in this industry. Well, that's a great, uh, that's very, very helpful. Well, you mentioned uh, Rick Riley uh, before, uh, who else would you recommend uh, reading? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, I have to, I, <laughs> if he hears this, he's going to laugh because he knows I'm kind of a big fan of his, but Joe Puznanski is another one uh, who writes for the athletic, uh, who's just a, a phenomenal baseball writer and has been named uh, either sports writer of the year or baseball writer of the year several times. Um he's a guy who's going to eventually go into the hall of fame for his baseball writing. Like he's that good. Um, he's one of those guys who I, I've been lucky enough to edit on occasion and it's just, 
it's all I can do to keep from bowing to him after <laughs> reading and editing his one of his stories. It's like, this is Joe. This is so good. Um, he's another one. Uh, I love like old, older Rick Riley stuff when he was in Sports Illustrated. Um, gosh, I don't want to say anyone else off the top of my head because it's I don't I'm going to leave people out. But he Joe Joe is the one who comes to mind as being just top of the list right now. I think he he I would read. I would read a, I would read a dinner menu if he wrote it. <laughs> well, that's a, that's high praise. That's as good as it gets. And uh, so this is uh, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate the time that you take that you took to uh, to chat with me on this. Uh, Not at all, Mike. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I think it's important that all of us journalists uh, kind of you know stick together and help uh, younger writers. Um, and uh, you know, or people at the beginning of their careers, no matter what their age is, because uh, yep, it's yep. never it's never too late to uh, to start. Agreed. And, uh, Agreed. And I'm, I'm all just, for just for the record. I'm if you can find me on Twitter, uh, which you should have no problem doing. It's a Hirschfield, a h i r s h f i e l d. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions about anything. You know, whether it's getting involved in the industry. Um, people write me asking for jobs all the time. I'm not in a position to give them jobs, but I can certainly, <laughs> you know, send you in the right direction. Um, and I truly just love, like you say, talking to, to youngsters who are interested, uh, who want to get more involved, who want to learn more about the industry, how things work. Um, so please don't hesitate to get in touch. I'm, I'm probably a little too accessible in that regard, but I really, I really love discussing it and talking about the way things work. So, oh, that's fabulous! No, that's really good. And and you know, uh, the quality of mercy is not strained. So <laughs> you can you can never be too nice or too accessible. And uh, you know, I think that's all good. Uh, I had one more question uh, but i forgot it so that's the uh, the perils of aging um and i'm glad to hear that you uh were a you know a dj at whcl yeah you got it uh, so that was uh, you know. the wattage into your cottage <laughs> <laughs> okay all right on that note uh adam thank you again this has been great that was my conversation with adam hirschfield Senior NFL Editor at The Athletic. As mentioned earlier, The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of high-quality, in-depth sports coverage for diehard fans. The Athletic's commitment to delivering in-depth and intelligent stories has earned it a loyal following. In today's tempestuous markets, that's an amazing feat, and I admire the team at The Athletic for making it all look easy. That wraps up another episode of Paid by the Word a podcast featuring conversations with writers, editors, and media professionals. We are grateful for your attention, and we wish you all the very best. Stay safe and be well. Bye-bye.